Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. who are joining in with us this evening. We thank God, we bless God, and we praise God for each and every one of you. I count it an honor and a blessing to be here to uh, invite you to this, the sixth night, the sixth night of our fifth annual end of the year seven night holy ghost revival hallelujah god look at what god has done hey at the end of it all as our topic for revival this year you are still standing hallelujah god and for those of us who are saved we know we are standing on the firm foundation of jesus christ Hallelujah and praise the Lord. For our revival this year, our revival scripture topic is Psalms chapter 91, verse 7. Psalms chapter 91, verse 7. And I am going to be reading from the King James Version, and it says, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not Come near thee. Amen. Hallelujah, God. I'm going to read that again. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come near thee. Amen. Again, that was Psalms 91 and 7, and we know that the word of the Lord is already blessed. Hallelujah. I'm excited about what God has been doing here, and I'm a about what God is doing this evening. Hallelujah. This is the sixth night of revival. And when I say each night has just gotten better and better and better, hallelujah, we can truly say we have been spiritually fed. We can truly say that broken places have been healed. We can truly say that deliverance has taken place the name of Jesus and through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Now, the Bible tells us that we overcome testimonies. Hallelujah. And because of that, God has told me that not just to have the preached word this year, but to have the testimony this year. Hallelujah. So this year, we have Evangelist Pat. T.C. Nelson, he is going to be coming to us with his testimony. Before he comes to us, we are going to be ministered to through music with um, from grave into gardens. Amen. Hallelujah, God. We are going to be ministered to through music with grave into gardens. I'm sorry, that is the wrong song. Mm, Jesus, forgive me. I, I'm just, I told y'all I was excited. We are going to be ministered through to music with Here I Am, I'm sorry, by Marvin Sapp. Here I Am by Marvin Sapp. And immediately after that song, Here I Am, 
the next voice you will hear will be that of Evangelist Todd, T.C. Nelson. Amen.
Praise the Lord, my brothers and my sisters. I have to start my testimony off with Proverbs 8 and 13. For the fear of the Lord is to hate evil pride, arrogancy, the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. On August the 13th, 2013, I couldn't go to work anymore. Let me explain why. Prior to that, I was a top chef, top construction worker, and a top warehouse worker. What I mean by top is my model was on time, early is on time, on time is late, and late is unacceptable. Whenever you need somebody to work overtime, I was there. Somebody that would work overtime and not milk the clock. That was I was I was their guy. But I seen I had a problem with God. So when Jesus came to me and said to me, "Give this homeless man twenty dollars," my response was, "If he's smart enough to make that sign, he can smart enough to go in the kitchen and ask the job for a job." I mean, you did say, "Close mouth, don't get fed," and went on. Every time Jesus would come to me and say, "Give this man." But no matter what it was, I always had a response that was basically disobedient. In 2013, when I woke up, in 2012, I mean, on the 12th of 2013, that night, the Lord came, Jesus came to me and said, God has something for you to go through, and you suddenly have to walk, and you're not going to like it. And that morning when I woke up, instead of going to work, I went to the hospital. At that time prior, I had already had knee problems, three knee surgeries. But that morning when I went to see the doctor, six things was added on to it. So when I went to go reopen my case, the state gave me a letter saying, okay, prove it. So from 2013 all the way to 2015, I was going through a lot. Like I said, my problem was I thought the only way you can become homeless was through drugs and alcohol or being lazy. So from 2013, like I said, I couldn't go to work. From 2013 to 15, I had money for rent, but when you don't have money put back into the bank, that money starts, starts going away and going away and going away. After a year, I was on the streets, struggling on the streets, but yet still going to church, still doing what God is saying. I had to do, still being obedient to that word of God, you know. But one day, my preacher, the pastor came and said, because uh, you, you don't have money for yourself and you don't have the ability to buy what you need, what you have on, you wear it for so long, you start to smell. You can't take a shower. So the pastor one day had, had came out to church and said, we're going to talk about this thing called love, true love, you know, because I want to know if anybody can hug somebody that smells bad. He had came down off the altar and gave me $100 in my hand, and I was so good about that. You know, like I said, still going to school, still going. At that time period, I was going to school for evangelism, you know. One of the churches had, had to be at 12 o'clock and was learning the system on, how, on what you're doing. You're homeless. You wait outside 12 o'clock to let you in the church. Everybody sit down and make prayer. Everybody get up to a line and start eating. But when you're sitting out there before you go in to eat, I'm starting to hear the stories of people. And each and out of the 25 people in the first time I went in, out of the 25 people in there that was talking about why they was homeless, I did not hear not one person say it was because of drugs, alcohol, or being lazy. Listen to the stories, you know, like I said, going through school and being, um, as we studying the evangelist, we praying for him, we praying for him, and just praying, like God is saying. In 2015, when I graduated from my other, I got, got my license for the evangelist. I went to school again. My pastor paid for it. I went to school, the Eagle Eye Bible and Ministry Institute. I graduated May 25, 2015. When leaving school, Jesus came and checked at me and he asked me, what have you learned? I said, I've learned that Selfishness will bring you to a state of away from God. So I've learned I have to learn to love others because of 
they go through the same thing. So I've learned that the word of God is a door that opens, that changes to who you are, unless you see yourself for what God doesn't like inside of you. And went on. 2016, that's from January the 1st, 2016 to January 30th, December, that in the year, it was a year of people coming back with praise reports. And it was God just sitting there watching people being delivered from things and doors opening for other people. You know, and it made me really, really starting to understand because in 2018, when Jesus came in again and asked me, what have you learned? I told him, he said, I learned that love comes from wanting someone to have better than what you have. To teach someone struggling and to actually go to God and for them to overlook yourself and put something before you. Jesus said, you understand why I came to the cross. So I'm learning, I said, I learned to put myself to the side and stop being selfish and, and learn it's not about me at all. I learned without you, I can't do anything. When um, 2019 opened up for me, I got, God had blessed me um, January the 17th, 2020. This year, I got my disability. I moved in my first apartment in um, July 21st of this year and was blessed. My rent is only, my rent is only $6 a month. From 2015, I had um, right, right shoulder replacement. 2016, 16, I had left shoulder replacement. 2017, I had total knee replacement. 2018, I had a knot between my ligaments, between my right, my thumb, and my pointer finger on my right hand. 2019, I had total hip replacement. And 2020, I just had um, 80% carpal tunnel in my left hand and four bones that that use themselves. Next year, I have an operation set for my right hand 100%. Through the whole thing I was going through, learning that becoming homeless doesn't take someone being on drugs, don't go alcohol. But the most important thing God needed me to learn was stop looking down your nose on somebody. Stop thinking you're better than somebody. Stop thinking that you you're, you're that you no know, you can't you don't have the right to help someone else or be there for someone else. But God said we're here for everyone. To so smell myself, to see to see what I was going through and and, and and nobody be there. Everybody that went to I have a I, and it was meant for that to happen. It was meant for me to understand that what makes you think you're better than somebody else. You know, I've learned in life to know now that when Jesus come to me and said, get that man 20, look, he's 40. <laughs> I'm trying to make y'all happy now. But that's the whole thing we got to understand. You know, we were put here together for each other. We were put here together to please God, not ourselves. For me, the word of God, especially when it comes to Proverbs, the book of Proverbs 8, it speaks about wisdom. And wisdom always speaks about how she's more precious than rubies, diamonds, and silver and gold. Nothing compares to wisdom. And it's true because it's wisdom that opens the spiritual eyes to a man and see God's wisdom, God's ways for mankind. And what God's way is for us to love one another as he loves us, as he always puts out. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will understand if God, if Jesus can save an evil man like me, he definitely can save you if you desire to be saved. I love you. Be blessed. And may the Lord of God, may the word of God give you wisdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen, amen, amen. Did y'all hear that testimony? Hallelujah. What I love about God is that he is not a perspective of person. What he has done for one person, he can do for another. Hallelujah, God. What I also love about him is he said in his word that he works all things, all things together for our good. Now, we like to 
stop right there, but I got to be honest with you. It don't just stop that he works all things together for our good because he doesn't work all things together for everybody's good. He said he works all things together for our good for those who love him, hallelujah, who are chosen and called by his name according to his will and his purpose, hallelujah, God. So you have to love him. You have to be willing to be in relationship with him. Because when you find yourself in relationship with him, you find that you are still standing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, I pray that you enjoyed our spiritual appetite. We have one, I mean, our spiritual appetizers this evening. Hallelujah. We have one more thing for you before we bring the man of God. Now, I need to let you know that this man of God is very dear to me. He is like a brother to me. I have watched him grow over the past almost five years, that he has a true love for God, a true thirst after God. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm just so proud of him and to be able to call him my brother, but not just my brother, my brother in Christ. Hallelujah, God. He is a faithful man of God because he is here with us almost every single night of ministry. Hallelujah. He could work from early, early before the sunrise in the morning, and he's still on the switchboard with us to make sure that ministry goes forward. Amen. Hallelujah, God. I'm talking about the one and only Minister Robert Pop Pop Hudson. And for those who don't know, we call him Pop Pop because I, I tell him all the time that the Lord has blessed him and his wife with their own little nation. I just bless God for them. They are the sweetest couple in the sweetest family. I thank and praise God for him before he comes to us. We are going to be ministered to in music. So the way this is going to go is we are going to be ministered to with Can't Give Up Now by Mary Mary. Amen. And immediately after that, the next voice you will hear will be that of our very own Brother Robert, uh, Minister, I'm sorry, Robert Pop Pop Hudson. Now, for the record, I have to say, no. We do not own the rights to the music you hear during ministry, ever. We do own the rights to play it for the uplifting, the edifying, and the glorifying of your soul in the kingdom of God. Amen? So, Can't Give Up Now by Mary Mary, and then the next voice you hear will be that of Minister Robert Popeye-Puston. God bless
You know, I'm still standing. And before I leave you tonight, I just want to make sure I plant a seed. You know, a seed that will grow in your heart, a seed that will nurture and flourish. Because I'm still standing. You know, and it's easy to get discouraged and to say to yourself, 
why am I having all these problems? Just like many people around us. You know, being a person of faith doesn't exempt us from difficulties. The scripture says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So no matter how good of a person you are and no matter how much you honor God, you're going to have some rain. The rain, like it says, falls on the just and the unjust. And I'm just going to paint this picture for you as for what I'm talking about now. So we're going to imagine that there's two houses that are built, one house on a rock and the other house on sand. You know, both have the same similar structure, same similar situation. Now, a storm will be coming soon. And when the storm comes through, both of these houses will be hit by the storm. And at the end of the storm, one house gets washed away and one house is still standing. And you say, well, what's the difference between the two houses? Well, the difference between the two houses is I had an advantage over the other. Because God was looking over that house, that no matter what you go through, no matter what comes through, no matter how fearful and how forceful it is, at the end, you'll still be standing. And these difficult times, whether in our lives or no matter what we're doing for our careers, our friends, and our family. You know, there's going to be somebody that's always going to be falling by the wayside. And you say, what's the difference? The difference is that you're still standing. You're still here. And, you know, if you want to second-guess yourself, well, go ahead. Because guess what? God's going to constantly remind you why you're still standing. You know, everybody has a purpose in life. Everybody has a talent. We have to stay focused, stay in tune with what God places here on this earth. And, you know, and let's just go back to these two houses. You know, when you know, when it's all said and done, when it's and whether at all, that house is still standing. And you say, Well, what you know, what does this have to do with me? Well, the whole thing is weathering the storm. And, you know, whether you become, you know, forged through things that, that happen your way, you know, it all applies to everything you do in life. When I mentioned about these two houses, about how they weathered this, how this house weathered the storm and the other one became overtaken and washed away from the storm. Now, this does apply to everything, you know, because you're going to, you know, you're going to, have a lot of different coffees in your life. You know, you're going to go through breakups. You're going to go through nervous breakdowns. And sometimes you may suffer from the wild lifestyles of partying with alcohol and drugs. You know, and some some of us are so wild, you know, all this stuff could have, you know, could have killed us. And, you know, if not for the prayers of a mother or a brother or a sister, you know, we would still be standing. We would, we would be torn away and ripped away by the storm where we just could not, you know, we will be sitting there and cannot recover and spiraling always downward, downward, downward. But when you go through, you know, you, when you go through something, you know, you start to have a history with God. And when I say you start to have a history, I mean you start to have a relationship. You start building a relationship with God where 
you know, you're going to start to understand that you're, you're trusting him and you believe in him. That, you know, and when you fully give yourself over to the Lord and you let him know that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I understand that I'm going to be going through pitfalls and, and rough times. And the more they start coming, the more you start understanding, the more easily you will not be frustrated. The more you start to understand that all I have to do is weather this storm. And once you start developing that history, you know, every time you get bad news, you know, and every time when, you know, you get, a, you know, something comes your way to upset you, it becomes a little easier to deal with. You know, you know, you thought that God brought you through, you know, in the past, you know, basically he'll bring you through in the future. You know, everything that you're going through, seen or unseen, you know, it, it gets a little easier once you develop that relationship with God. And once you understand that at the end of the day, that I'm still standing, I'm still here. That I have weathered the storm. I have weathered, you know, everything that had been thrown at me. And one of the, you know, the, the amazing things that God does is he does it in just about everything that he has created here on earth. And no matter, you know, what you're doing or, you know, or even looking at a television program, and I'm going to tell you, Something that happened to me when I was looking at the weather channel. And the way it happened was it was kind of funny. It was one of those days where I just didn't want to get up. You know, I worked the whole week, and it was a Saturday morning. And I'm looking at the weather channel, and it was one of those times where I couldn't find a remote. And I said, well, whatever it's on, I'll watch it, because I don't feel like doing much of anything. So we, I was watching a, it was basically a hurricane. I think it was, I forget the name of the hurricane that we were looking at, we were looking at footage, and I believe it was uh, somewhere in Texas where this hurricane was forming and it was, was rolling through, it was knocking things down. You know, and every now and then, you know, the uh, the guy that was, uh, I guess he was commentating on the, uh, the hurricane. And it was kind of funny. I was like, okay, now um, this guy is commentating on a hurricane. I was like, like it's the sport. But, you know, the, the the interesting part about it was the more he started explaining about the hurricane, the more interested I got because he was showing how this destructive force was, you know, just tearing through, you know, buildings and trees. And so the trees was what got me interested in this hurricane. And it's funny how the trees got me interested because I was watching as this hurricane was just blowing through and it was tearing up trees. It was actually uprooting them. It was just tearing them to shreds. And, you know, and the strong winds, and, and, you know, the guy was just, you know, going on and commentating. He says, hey, these winds are going up to, you know, upwards of 110 miles per hour. And uh, so there was all kinds of trees. So there were oak trees, there were pine trees, elm trees, big trees, small trees. But it was one tree that caught my eye because it wasn't, easily blown away. It was actually a palm tree. And this is when I started paying attention. And, you know, the commentator came on and he said, you know, you see that one tree that, that's bending, but it's not breaking? He said, that's a palm tree. And he said, those palm trees are very sturdy and very tough. And they can bend almost all the way over to the ground and not break. 
And then he says that, you know, the, the concrete can, can stay in that position and not be damaged for up to five hours. And I said, wow. I said, you know what? I said, man, I said, that is amazing. I said, I didn't know that about pine trees. So, you know, as he, he can continue to talk, you know, I'm going to continue my eyes are just fixated on this pine tree. You know, the hurricane was just, you know, just sucking up everything, tearing everything away. And eventually, as you can see, the hurricane, it was moving. And as the hurricane was moving, you know, the you, you can tell what was part of what was called the eye. And that's when the commentator said, you know, he said, hey, you know, all this destructive force going around with this hurricane, but you know where the real calm is? is inside the eye. He said, inside the eye, he said, this is calm. He said, none of this stuff is going on inside the eye. And he said, I can stand in there and nothing will happen. He said, as long as I stand in, in, in the middle of the hurricane, he said, everything will be swirling and blowing around and I wouldn't be harmed. And I said, wow, that is amazing. And as it the hurricane started moving along, you know, and I told you, I'm, I'm now I'm fixated on this palm tree, and I'm just looking to see if this palm tree is going to sometimes get uprooted or, if it's, you know, once this hurricane starts moving away, what's going to happen? And, you know, I didn't get a chance, you know, they wasn't as fixated on this palm tree as I was, but what happened was, you know, as the hurricane started moving away and as the winds started subsiding, I actually started to see that palm tree start to raise back straight up. And, you know, and that palm tree just, you know, reminded me of how we, no matter what we go through, that we're going to bounce back, that we're going to look like nothing ever happened. And, you know, I wish they had kept the camera focused on that palm tree because I would really like to see that. And it looked like the palm tree was going to stand back up eventually. And I, I was just, man, I was just amazed at, at that palm tree. And I was like, man, I said, I, I wish that we all were like that palm tree, that we all had that resolve that, you know, no matter what we're going through, that this, no matter how terrible the storm, no matter how terrible a hurricane or whatever comes our way, that we're going to bounce back, that God is going to make sure that at the end of the day, that we're still standing. We're still standing. You know, there's a, tons of people that get bad news, and yet they fight and they come back from it. They bounce back. Whether it's bad health, you know, at any time or any moment, we can get news uh, of being or having being in a state of bad health. And, you know, and the first thing, you know, we tend to, to do is listen to the doctors closely. But we should sit sit back and we should pray and give it up to the Lord because he has been fighting our battles all this time. Cannot forget that he is the ultimate healer. He is the ultimate decisive force of what goes on in our life. He is the one that gives us that bounce back because he has been with us, and whether as we as we weather storms time and time again, we just cannot forget that that's that is where our resolve comes from bouncing back. And at the end of the day, where we can say, "I'm still standing," you know. And he is bigger than everything, and he doesn't have to stop at home, you know. Just as well as drugs, you know, drugs 
may seem to take a powerful effect, but after a certain amount of time, there's only a certain amount of high you can feel with drugs. There's going to be a constant battle with drugs and addiction. It doesn't have to stop right there at drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be painkillers. All of these are crutches, crutches that we can shed and, and cast aside because it, it, with God at our side, we'll still be standing. We don't need a crutch. We don't need, you know, drugs or alcohol or painkillers or whatever device that, you know, that you think that you can use as a crutch. You know, one of the, the things that we constantly say to ourselves is, I had a hard day. I deserve this. No, you deserve better. You deserve to not have that crutch. And sometimes when I say crutch, it could be a person. You know, you don't need anybody to validate you. You don't need anybody to stand you up. You can stand up on your own. And if you need help, that's what the Lord is there for, for the call on him, to help you stand, to help you walk. To help you walk, you know, and if, if, if you know, to walk, <clears throat> basically to stand up on your own. Because at the end of the day, all storms, and just like anything else that we weather in our life, it has an expiration date. Nothing goes on forever. And we have to understand that no matter what is going on in our period of life, that there has to be an end to everything. Everything has an expiration date. Those pill bottles that you can't stop popping, that has an expiration date. doesn't mean you're going to stop on that date, but it means they expire after a certain time. You can't hold on to those drugs forever. Those drugs are, you know, those drugs are temporary. That bottle, even if it says refill, it still has a certain amount of refill times. If it says refill one time, two times, or three times, that bottle of pills is not going to last forever. That bottle of a pill is not a magic potion. It's not anything that's going to – what it does is it's going to magnify once you get off the high, it's going to magnify your problems even more, whether you know it or not. Same thing with alcohol. You know, you know, you say, hey, I deserve a break. I got these bills coming in. Next thing, you, you're, you're drinking alcohol. Before you know it, that one bill that came in and piled up on the table – now there's two. Now there's three. At some point, you're going to need to pay those bills. If you don't pay those bills, what's going to happen? The next bottle you drink is going to be, you're going to drink yourself out of a home, out of, out, of, out of electricity, out of gas, out of water, out of whatever it is. Away. Throw that crutch away. Get rid of that crutch. You just don't need it. And like I said, everything has an expiration date. Even your addiction, your alcoholism, whatever it is, everything has an expiration date. You're not going to be that way forever. And you you just need to know that you need to stand alone because he's there. You have to claim what he's there for. He's there, he's there calling his name. You have to make sure that you claim what he's given to you. He He already paid the price for you. He gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for us. Not for us to be alcoholics and drug addicts. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want that for us. You, if you think that 
you know, he intends us for us to become something like that, then you're you're terribly mistaken. Does he know that we have to go through certain trials and tribulations? Yes, he does. And he brings us right back. Because at the end of the day, uh, right now, I'm going to um, do the call of salvation. Uh, right after I do the call of salvation, I'm going to bring Pastor Toy on to do the announcements, and then we'll, we're going to resume. And the call of salvation is, is very simple. Um, it is your introduction to Christ. It is where you know, we're inviting you to accept Christ in your life. And one of the best things that you can do is you can just admit. And it says if you admit with your tongue, you know, and and confess with your mouth, you're saved. You know, one of the you know the best ways that you can do this is you just be honest and be open with God and say, God, I just want to let you know that I've been selfish. I have not been paying attention. I thought I've doing I've been doing things on my own, but you was in my corner the whole time and you never left me. And I just want to thank you and invite you into my life. And I just want to change my life and become a new person. I want to I want to reject sin. I want to invite you into my life where I can where you can change me, where I become a new being, and where I can just totally spread the word of your gospel to each and every person I come in contact. And I thank you so much, God, for just allowing me to accept you and have room for you in my life. And once you say that, you know, I suggest you find a, you know, a, a friend or somebody or your mother, and you can just call them and just let them know that you turn your life over to Christ. And you say, hey, mom, I turned the new leaf over your life. Or you can say, hey, you know, uh, your best friend, just let them know, hey, uh, something wonderful happened to me. I just turned my life over to Christ. You know, and, and the next step I suggest you do is find a Bible-believing teaching, preaching sanctuary that are nurturing in the word of Christ. I know right now most sanctuaries are closed, but they have uh, a lot of Zoom. They have a lot of Zoom programs and Facebook programs where you can just, you know, get comfortable until, you know, we resume church service, and that way you get a chance to try out, you know, all different churches and all different, um, you know, uh, places of worship that you normally uh, don't get a chance to see. And, uh, you know, we thank you so much, and, uh for that, we're going to bring Pastor Toy for announcements. Pastor Toy. Oh, right. praise um, the Lord! Did, did y'all hear that word that came out this evening? He just came straight from the hip. He said, "I came to let y'all know I'm still standing." <laughs> Despite everything, despite what it looked like, despite what we done been through, despite what you done heard, I'm still standing, and I'm standing because of God. Hallelujah. I told y'all each night it gets better and better and better. We just want to bless and praise God for the man of God this evening for the word of God that came forth through him. And Mr. Robert Hudson, we say thank you. We thank and bless God for the testimony that came forth this evening um, from Evangelist Todd uh, Nelson. We just say thank you, Lord, for both of these men of God. Again, I'm just excited. We want to invite you to join in with us tomorrow evening for the closeout of our revival. Now, tomorrow evening is different from the rest of this week 
tomorrow evening we will be in service at 11 p.m. So that's right. Y'all can get your hot chocolate, warm milk, get cuddled up, get cuddled up in your pajamas all nice, warm, and cozy, and then call in, hit the live stream, and come bring the new year in with the Lord. Hallelujah, yes. God. Come bring it in with the one man who will never let you down. I don't know what woman I Lord just had me say that to or for, but Come and be with the one man who's always got you, who will never let you down, who won't run and turn on you. Hallelujah. Don't look for a New Year's revolution. Come and spend time getting into a new relationship. Hallelujah. Again, we will be broadcasting at 11 p.m. for the final night of I'm Still Standing, our seven-night end-of-the-year Holy Ghost revival. Um, I, your I, yours truly, uh, Pastor Talene Daly, will be closing us out in revival that evening. The testimony is coming from our prayer warrior, our very own evangelist, Trina Lindsay Hairston, and she's also going to be praying us into the new year. So, again, I invite you, just come on. Join in with us. Shake that old off and embrace the new in the presence of God. Amen. I just thank and praise God again for each and every one of you who has joined in with us. Minister Hudson, wonderful word this evening. The ministry is back in your hands for you to close us out. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. All right, um, real quickly, I'm just going to wrap everything up. Um, so, you know, like I said, I'm I'm still in the process of planting the seed and everybody in. You know, I just want to uh, just, you know, for just for, you know, just before you, before you get a feel, you know, I know we're, we're talking about, you know, uh, I'm still standing. But there's times that we, you know, we individually feel threatened by something that happens. You know, and I'm just going to tell you uh, what happened to me one time when I was lifting weights. And, you know, normally when I lift weights or something like that, I usually pay attention to everything and make sure that everything was safe. But I was just saying, hey, I'm looking at the weights. I said, it's 200 pounds on there. Um, you know, it's not a great deal of weight, but, you know, uh, I could, you know, I can work with that. And I said, I'm only going to do five reps. Well, you know, you think five is a nice little small number, but it's not. Uh, sometimes it depends on what you're dealing with. And sometimes, you know, at this particular time when I started doing them, and I did, you know, one, two, and then as I started doing three, I started feeling myself shaking a little bit, and I said, well, okay, I think I can get to five. So when I got to four, I said, well, you know what, I think I might be pressing it. And so as I went down and I realized that I had a hard time lifting those weights back up. Now, it does have guardrails, you know, uh, you know, guards to, you know, stop it from slipping and crushing your chest. But at this point, I was halfway away from there, and I just like, oh, man, I'm not going to make it. And so I was thinking, like, how can I, like, toss the weight to the side? Can I just tilt it one way or another without getting hurt? And, you know, next thing I know, I said, you know what, I'm actually wasting time, I said, because I think I can hold this weight right here for about, you know, about a minute. And I realized, I said, well, I spent about 30 seconds thinking about what I'm going to do and not do, and I didn't do anything. And I said, well, 
I'm going to be in trouble pretty soon. So, you know, next thing I know, I said, Lord, give me strength. And, you know, as just like in a movie, those weights started going up and up and up, and I was able to slide into the guide. And I said, Lord, you know what could have happened if those, that weight actually hit my chest? Could have killed me. You know, someone would have been walking in this room and seeing my dead body there with the weights, you know, crushed, you know, with my chest crushed. And it's, that's the time, you know, this is, well, is it, that I realized that that's the time that you really want to call on God when you are really in trouble. You don't want to wait that last second. You know, you want to make sure that, you know, at at the end of the day, that you want to live and you still want to be standing. If you need his strength, you want to call on him. If you need his wisdom, you have to call on him. And just like David, you know, David done many things, and, and the strength of the, of the Lord, you know, he has overcome a lot of things. David never had a defeatist attitude. Was the difference between him surviving and him dying? There was so many different attempts on his life. There was one time when David was leading soldiers, protecting the borders of Israel, uh, and in particularly one particular city, I think it was Ziklan, where him and 600 soldiers, they were going to, you know, see if they can wipe out these invading forces that just fall. And what happened was when these soldiers left and they went to go uh, and protect the borders and wipe out, the, you know, uh, the invading forces, what happens when they returned, they found that their city was burning, that their women and children were taken, everyone. They wept so hard until they couldn't cry anymore. But what David did was he reminded them that they were soldiers and that they had an unfinished business, that if these guys did come and burn and destroy a village, they're going to come back and rebuild it. But before they do, they're going to go back there, they're going to get their wives, and they're going to get their children. And on top of that, they're going to kill everybody that try to do harm to their wives and children. And just as David said, that's what happened. And they got back more. They got back their wife, their wives, their children, and their belongings, and their, their possessions. And what David, you know, what David did was what we all should do, not have a defeatist attitude when it looks like we're in a brick of defeat. You know, the, the, the war is not over. It's not finished. There's going to be times we get knocked around and knocked down. We got to get back up, and that's what it's all about, about getting back up. You know, and, and just letting everybody know and just look them in the eye and says, I am not a defeated person. You know, you should be able to do this each and every day because no one is a defeated person, especially if you have the Lord on your side. And when you get up, you're still standing. And, you know, and I, I just, you know, love reading about David. And, you know, one thing that David reminds us of is that God does not like people messing with his children. You know, and the way the way it goes is just like, you know, any of you and how you feel, you know, uh, with, with your children. If someone were to mess with one of your children, and, you know, how would you, how would you just have a certain amount of anger or a certain amount of, hey, I'm going to deal with you for, for messing with my child. That's the attitude that God has. 
God does not want anybody messing with his children, no matter who they are. If you're a child of God, if you're a child of God, God loves you. God's going to make sure that if you don't have the strength, he's going to give you strength. And sometimes whether you pray for it or ask for it or not, he's going to give it to you because he knows what you need. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, before I leave you tonight is I want to say that, you know, no matter, you know, what we go through, no matter how much or how many times we get knocked down, you know, sometimes our psyche, you know, it takes a blow. No matter, you know, what we go through, you know, I know when people go to, you know, have gone to war, they have what they call uh, PSTD, where they have uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, where certain things, you know, kind of unnerve them or they feel uncomfortable. Well, all through life, you know, we're all suffering from PTSD to a certain degree, uh, you know, or, or so. And we have to make sure we get treatment. And one of the things that's suffering from us is ourselves. You know, no matter what you go through, you know, make sure you take the time out to love yourself. Because if you can't love yourself, you can't love anyone else. It's just, it, you know, it's just not going to be right. So just make sure you take the time out to love yourself. And on top of that, you know, um, are we our brothers? Keep us just we are. You know, make sure we look out after our brothers and sisters, especially our, you know, our saints. You know, uh, we have to make sure that, you know, we keep our, and, and, and we do our due diligence and, you know, spreading the goodwill and faith in, in the gospel. You know, it doesn't have to be money. It could be a nice, kind word, you know. It could be something. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I love this. I love doing this, and um, I, I'm just happy that I'm able to uh, do the sermon tonight, where um, I can share and also plant the seeds, and you know, in each and every one of you that's listening, that you know, uh, you know, God, God's here for us, you know, and we're going to be still standing. We're going to be that house on that rock. You know, that house on that rock did not move. It did not budge. You're going to be a palm tree. And, you know, one thing about that palm tree, and, you know, the reason why is because, you know, I'm going to read Psalms 92, 12. If righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. You know, and just notice that, you know, he didn't say an oak tree. He didn't say any other tree, a pine tree. He didn't say a big old tree. He said a tree that he knew that was designed to withstand it. You know, when, when God picked David to do some things, he knew that David was going to be able to weather the storm. He knew David was going to be able to slay the giant. He knew David was going to be able to stand up the south. He knew that David would be the perfect guy that would spread the gospel and, and spread, you know, joy and love the way he wanted to be expressed. And that's why God chose David. You know, and just because David had done many good things like that, God is chosen you. It's just what he wants you to do and what he needs you to do. So just make sure you just um, you open a receptive and listen out for that call for what he calls you. Um, like I said, I love doing this, and um, I'm out of here. So uh, with that being said, peace. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down. I will not lose. Save me. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down.